Hey gang, it's been forever since we talked about the 80s cruise. It's still on. It's set for March 6th through 12th, 2022 on the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas, sailing from Port Canaveral to Nassau, St. Thomas, and St. Martin. The bands. It's all about the bands. For 2022, the Human League, 38 Special, Berlin, Berlin to Carlisle, Morris Day and the Time, ABC, Dire Straits Legacy, Modern English, I'm Running Out of Breath, Jack Russell's Great White, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, A Flock of Seagulls, The Alarm, The Sugar Hill Gang, John Parr, and Johnny Hates Jazz. Also performing, I'm seriously running out of breath. These lists, they can't get any longer. Jesse's Girl, the ultimate 80s trivia band from New York City, and Strange Love, a Depeche Mode tribute band. And of course, the party band, Trial by Fire. Still not enough? How about the original MTV VJs, Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, and Nina Blackwood, along with Sirius XM first wave DJ Larry the Duck. Oh, and also me and Brad will be there doing live podcasts and hosting all your trivia sessions. You can get $200 in cabin credit if you use the promo code STUCK. When booking, you must be a first-time guest on the cruise to use this promo code, and you must use it when you book. Come with us and have a great time. These are the cruises. These are the vacations that you never forget. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we go back to the year 1985 to talk about the songs that made it all the way to number two in the charts. But no further. It's our Close But No Cigar series. Cuban cigars. It's favorite. Very tough to get. Stuck in the 80s is now listener supported via Patreon. Join us for VIP Zoom happy hours and more when you join at patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. We've been doing this Close But No Cigar series now for, oh, seven years? <laughs> I, don't think. I, I think it's at least 16. It's been running longer than the podcast has it's been. It's been at least 16 episodes, I, I would think. And we got another like 10 to go at the rate we're going. So here's the idea. I guess it was at least over a year ago now. Our good friend Chuck Coverley came up with a spreadsheet dating back to the 60s, I think. Yeah. Showing all the songs that had made it to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S., but got no further. And it also kind of told us what song kept them out. And we started back in 1976. I mean, with our examination, not, yeah, not, not you know, in the we, podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's an important distinction. But we felt like, you know, let's get a running start at the 80s here. We, uh, being of the age we are, we enjoy some of the stuff from the late 70s and definitely have connections to the material. So it was kind of fun for us to step outside the confines of the friendly decade we usually stick around in. When I do karaoke these days, and, and I do, but I do it in the uh, with the comfort of my own home, Joel, the... I usually I don't pers- have to pay for it, Spearsy. I don't have to pay for it. I never pay for karaoke. I usually lean towards songs from the 70s. I appreciate a good ABBA karaoke jam. Oh, yeah. Some Aerosmith, maybe. But anyway, if you want to thank Chuck for his hard work, and I'm sure it was a, a monster task pulling that together, you can visit him at his website, thefoxandpossum.com, where he makes and sells customized face masks, bandanas, ornaments, whatever you want. Many are already designed in an 80s motif, so he will save you the trouble of asking for what we all want in life, which is more stuff from the 80s. You know, that's a, I'm glad you mentioned that because I could use a couple more bandanas. I'm, I'm wearing a lot more bandanas now than I ever did in the 80s, thanks to my lack of a haircut in the last 11 months. Can, 
can we can we clarify something? Are you not allowed to get a haircut in California right now? What, what's um, the story? I think I think right now the barbers are closed. There was a period where they were open, and I just wasn't comfortable going. If I'm honest, like okay. I just didn't think it was a great idea, and so I've been writing it. I've been sending my barber money every month as if I were getting a haircut because I want her to be in business when I come back. And and now it's turned into this thing, right? Where I'm 11 months in. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to go a year. I've never been a year without a haircut. We'll see what happens. But the hair is to my collar, basically. Wow. It's longer so, than it's ever been. So you two are stuck in the 70s at this point. I, I pretty much am the, you know, if, remember, now this is an 80s commercial, but cast your mind back to the Freedom Rock commercial. <laughs> I'm Hey Man is that Freedom Rock without the uh, little wire circular glasses. Well, uh-huh. turn it up, man. Hey, man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. (laughs) Oh, anyway, so we are up to the year 1985, and by this point, I don't think too many of these songs are going to catch you by surprise. I I think there's one song in this week's rundown that I I was kind of like, wait, what? Oh, that's right. I kind of remember that song. But you you think that the the number one and number two song for any given week, you'd probably remember, at least if you're Brad and I's age. Yeah. Right? So one thing I will mention quickly is there are so many, as we get into the second half of the decade, there's so many songs that got chart blocked that we're going to divide these up to stretch out the bounty of the Chuck Coverley show harvest. And also to keep this from being a 17-hour long podcast. Right. So we're just doing five today. Right. But another five will be along any time now. <laughs> as soon as we reach that point of the week where we're like... You got a topic for this week's show? I How about uh, great fourth wall breaks of the oh, 80s? Shut old, up, Brad. That old chestnut. Oh, more songs about disgraced dance units from Steve's high school days. Oh, man. I, yeah, that would be a great spinoff. Oh, we could do like a seven. Oh, Steve, dust off your dust off your investigative journalism skills. Let's do like a multi-part Cougarettes deep dive would oh, be like wow. a special, you know, like a, a six episode mini series. It'll be separate from this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing! We'll find the teacher. We'll find some cougarettes. We'll talk to Devo. You know, it's funny you mentioned the teacher because I know she taught world history, at least for me. Yeah, I don't remember her name. I'd have to. I'd have to yank out an old yearbook to find it. But I remember she kind of looked like the lead singer for the Rhythmics, Annie Lennox, but Ooh, but in a very but in a very pedestrian way. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean that. In, does that sound bad? It sounds bad, doesn't it? Uh, you know, look, not everyone is going to be high fashion with the carrot orange hair. But the basic idea was that she was Annie Lennox before there was Annie Lennox, ex- except for older and beaten down by life. Right. And it, I mean, boy. what if Annie Lennox hadn't become a big, you know, big star? She would get older and be beaten down by life, and then she'd teach world history to schlups like you. Yeah, that's true. You know, I don't normally keep in touch with teachers from high school because that seems a little creepy. But th- I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast. There was a science teacher that I had throughout high school, and science. He, he was also one of the teaching chaperones on this Europe trip. That I took between. Oh my gosh, poor guy. Yeah, the one I took between my junior and senior year in high school. So that would be like, uh, you know, 1984, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I, we could we could do. You talk about something I could do a whole podcast series about. I could do a whole podcast series about him and 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 about not about him, but about that trip. And yeah. Wait, hang on a second. Have we talked about this before? I was in Europe in 1984 in the summer of 1984. Oh, that's weird. But, Are um, you the asshole who stole my backpack? No. <laughs> no, I might have been the asshole who puked in like your hotel uh, garbage can. Oh, okay. Because I did that several times. That does Europe. make sense. I, I remember a mustachioed man running from my room. Wait a minute. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. Anyway, it was a summer of many stories, most of which I wouldn't even tell on this podcast, but I reached out to him about a year or so ago and told him, hey, you know, I, I saw that you're still doing these trips. I just wanted to say, hey, that was a very memorable time in my life. You were a great teacher. You taught me how to take notes, and uh, I really appreciate, you know, the impact oh, you had nice. on my life. And he wrote back. His his name was, was Mr. Straub. I, I think I can get away with saying that. His name was Mr. Straub. And he wrote back this very nice but still very formal letter, you know, oh, hello, Steve. 
Hello, student of mine. <laughs> student I will insert name we'll, here. We'll maintain the student. We'll maintain the student-teacher relationship. And he said, "You know, thank you for writing. Might I use your letter as a in the promos for our Europe trip? And you know, you know, best of luck. Yours sincerely, Mister Straub." And I'm like, "Seriously? You know, I'm 53 years old now. I can't call you Steve, which is his name <laughs> is Steve too. You're using me to sell tickets on these trips. Come yeah. on, man. That's you're still, still going to make me call you Mister Straub. But anyway, um." Every once in a while when I've been drinking too much, I, I text Brad at night and I tell him I have this idea for going back to high school and interviewing the teachers who were there when I was there. And Mr. Straub is still there. He's still there. Wow. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know. I don't think there are very many of my teachers that are still teaching. He was on the younger side then. I mean, it, I, he couldn't have been that young and he must be old as dirt now. But <laughs> aren't we all? But at least within the last couple of years, he was still there. So I don't know. Anyway, anyway, back to 1985. Meanwhile, which, back at the ranch. Which was, by the way, the year that both of us did graduate from high school. So it's it's sort of, we're in the same neighborhood. you know. I, we're getting there, yeah. <laughs> there are five songs. I'm going to talk about two of them. Brad drew the long straw. He's going to talk about three of them. It will tell you oh. about the... <laughs> He's, but he's happy. I can tell he's happy. I am. I am. I'm all jacked up. And, and I'm all happy to sit back and just sip on my brown drink here and... Uh, Learn some facts. So why don't you take it away, Brad? Okay. Our first song this week is this delightful tune from Jack Wagner. That's All I Need by Jack. Uh, did you mean Frisco Jones? Wagner. Frisco Jones has got to be the coolest name for a soap opera star ever. It's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. Frisco. Frisco. Jack was better known for this role on uh, General Hospital. Uh, I can safely say I have never watched a single episode of General Hospital, but I know the ABC lot where it's shot very well from my years working at Disney ABC. It's a very old building. It's one of the oldest studios on the lot there, the ABC lot. Uh, that's fascinating, I know. I can't think of another way to describe this, but the way I wrote it in the notes when I was starting this schmoopy-tastic track was written by Glenn Ballard, Cliff Magnus, and David Pack, all music heavyweights. But Pack was the co-founder and vocalist for the ultra-groovy Steve Spears karaoke favorite 70s band Ambrosia. And you can totally hear it in this song. Yeah, now that you say it. I will say, it sounds schmoopy-tastic when you listen to it, but if you check the words, is it? Is it, Steve? I, All I, I, I need I, is just a little more time to be sure how I feel. Ooh. No, that doesn't sound. What kind of pragmatic asshole sings that to a potential romantic partner? <laughs> It's cold. It's Jack I mean, Wagner. Is, you know, he can is, say whatever he wants. I guess so. I mean, this gonna... is like the most cool your jets there turbo song I can think of other than I didn't mean to turn you on. Yeah. Maybe listeners could send us in some other ones that are like, this sounds like a love song, but really it's a get away from me song. It's the lead single from Jack's first album. It's all downhill from here, Jack. But it's a lovely ride. You're not getting anywhere close to the top of the charts again. The album included several tracks that were performed by Jack. I mean, Frisco's band Riff Raff from General Hospital. That's a reasonably good fake band name. Oh, yeah. So I have one other story. This is a friend of a friend level Hollywood story, but it's the only chance I can, I'll ever get to tell it on the podcast. So Jack Wagner was on Melrose Place in the 90s, right? Yeah. So before I got married, I shared an apartment with the brother of series regular Doug Savant. Oh, who was on Melrose Place and also on Desperate Housewives and some other stuff. But uh, Doug once complimented me on my record collection. Okay. Well, that's good. Showbiz. Hey. Friend of a okay, friend that's of my Hollywood friend. story for the next year. You got one more than me, which is which is good, right? <sighs> well, it's just kind of funny. It was a funny conversation. I was, you know, he was there waiting for his brother to get ready. To, they were going someplace and he's like, oh, are these your records? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you got some good stuff here. I'm like, oh, thanks. That's the last time I talked to him. So, so what song kept this out? I wonder because I mean, this was huge. I mean, when you when you go back to like the the earworms of the eighties, I mean, all I need is right up there. I mean, it oh, must yeah. have been a blockbuster that kept it out. Oh, Steve, you're going to be so happy. It was kept out by none other than this tune. Like a bird to 
Give me a break. Sorry, man. You're going to have to try to find a place where you can appreciate some Madonna today, I'm afraid. But Here's, I'm, I'll cut you a deal. Okay. We will, we will institute some sort of buzzer. If I start to go negative on Madonna, the buzzer goes off and I have to stop talking. Oh, you, uh, finally a way to, to silence Spearsy. We've all been waiting for lo these many years. Okay, so I, that's the last. I was allowed the one groan and that's okay, it. One groan. Very good. Very good. That's Like a Virgin by Madonna, her first number one. Madonna. Written by, it's written by the songwriting team of Tom Kelly and Billy Steinberg. Some of their other work you might be familiar with. Eternal Flame by the Bangles. Huh, so thought... Emotional by Whitney Houston. Mm. True Colors by Cyndi Lauper. Mm. Alone by Heart. Mm. All number one hits in the U.S. Every single one of them featuring female vocalists. Nice. Well done. So normally when an artist pairs with a songwriter for a big breakout number one hit, they'll do more with them. But she did not and has not. And in fact, they didn't even meet her until five years after the song was released. And she totally blew him off when they did. Well, what can I say about Madonna except for... So, Steve, what do you got? Okay. I feel, I feel very prepared. I only had two songs. I tried to find some interesting stories. I didn't always succeed. Had three hours to prepare. <laughs> didn't always succeed. Anyway, this song was ubiquitous in 1985. Um, it will be burned into your brain in about 30 seconds. Let's hear the two fills. Lover by Philip Bailey and Phil Collins hit number two on February 2nd of 1985. Here's the story. I mean, let's face it. It's not that interesting of a song. It, I mean, But it's a great duet. I no, love no, no, this no, no. duet. No, I love this pairing. I'm going I'm to slather it with praise like it's, okay. Like, okay, like it's a rich brown gravy. Mm. I just want to say that the lyrics are not, you know... You know, not every song is going to be, uh, you know, a epic tale of woe like the Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. But. <laughs> anyway, 1984, Phil Collins was hired to produce Philip Bailey's solo album. It was called Chinese Wall. Oh. And according to Collins, uh, Bailey approached him at the end of the sessions and asked them to write a song together because um, – <laughs> Pretty much the record company would say, you know, I don't, I don't hear any singles here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the A&R man over there smoking cigars. So, so Collins. out $100 bills. <laughs> I don't hear a single. Collins would later say, quote, so we just started having a jam one night. We went round and round and it turned into a verse and a chorus. We recorded it that same night so we wouldn't forget it. That song doesn't sound like any particular era. It's just fantastic. Which it is. It's infectious. It's happy. It's until you really start paying attention to the lyrics, and in which case it sounds a little sleazy. I think it sounds... He says it doesn't sound like a particular era. That's bullshit. I do really like this song. But come on, all that synth layering and stuff, it's it's an 80s song. It sounds like the exact true scientific medium of the 80s. We we name it it and we claim it. It is our song. We will take it, and we will carry it proudly. I'm going to wrap it around me like a big warm fur coat. So... Phil Bailey has his own story behind it. He said, Phil and Nathan were playing over with a riff on the piano, and I was walking around singing, Choosy Lover, over the piano chords. We worked it all all day. We put a rough version of it down. The next day we said, ah, let's record it. So his version's a little different than Phil's. Um, we realized there was nothing wrong with the original, so even though we kept trying to do it again, we, we did finally just uh, uh, end up keeping the original song. The video. Let's talk about the video for 10 seconds. I know this is normally Brad shtick. I do like to talk about the videos. But it is essentially, let's face it, it's a video about the making of a video about the making of a video and so on. It's a... Uh, oh, nested reality. It's, so meta. It probably was then. It did end up winning the MTV Video Music Award for Best Overall Performance in a Video in 1985. Really? Was, <laughs> that Good for you, Phils. That category only existed for four years, by the way, well, until MTV realized that pretty much every video is a 
for the most part, an overall performance video. Uh, yeah, that's like the category where you're like, well, we were going to give it to, you know, that, that's like the makeup category, right? right. Or it's, it's the, it's the um, is this the best record or the best song? No, it's neither. It's a video. It was nominated for the Grammy. It didn't win. Brad, you probably don't remember what did win, do you? In 1985, no. Even by then, I figured the Grammys were completely bankrupt. Devo uh, never won any Grammys, so obviously the, the whole thing is a mess. Yeah, We Are the World won. Uh, uh, but don't feel too bad for Phil. Uh, don't feel, don't, don't, for, for, for Collins, I should say. You could feel bad for Phil Bailey. Uh, Phil Collins' album, No Jacket Required, which you <clears throat> may have heard of, pretty much won mm. every category it was nominated for, so... Okay, maybe the Grammys are sort of all right. So, you ask, 80s Nation begs the answer. What song kept this out of the number one spot? Well, it is a song you've heard of, of course. It's a song that we all know too well because it played every five minutes on the radio. It's this classic by Foreigner. I want to know what love is. <laughs> That's kind of the lyrical opposite of Easy Lover, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't put that together. <laughs> anyway. It's amazing what 18 cups of coffee will do for a guy. Oh, God. I've had like four today. I mean, it's it's not good. I mean, parts of my body are shutting down. It, it's it's <laughs> like a rolling blackout that's going on now because energy <laughs> levels have, will be offline for the next six hours. It, some, some energy levels have been exceeded for the day. So this song off the uh, fifth album, Agent Provocateur, one of my favorite names, almost mm. as fun to say as Postal Friendly Bottle Opener. Ooh. It was written by Mick Jones with its somewhat unagreed upon contribution from Lou Graham, which I'm sure is not a factor at all in their ongoing feud. Yeah, just, you know, just grist for the mill, right? Just yelling into the microphone now so that caffeine's kicked back in. It's fighting with the bourbon. Mick Jones would say in an interview that this song, quote, started off on more of a personal level. He'd been through, I'd been through a lot of relationships that eventually failed and still searching for something that could really endure. Well... Hmm. Perhaps you'll find something on cliche way. <laughs> <laughs> just just happy to be here. Hope I can help the team. Yeah. So here's what you really want to know. The backing vocals were supplied by the New Jersey Mass Choir, affiliated with the Gospel Music Workshop of America. And our old friend Tom Bailey from the Thompson Twins did the keyboard work. Boy, the foreigner goes through the English keyboardists nice. like corn yeah. chips. Guess uh, was Thomas, Thomas Dolby, Dolby wasn't not, available. not available? Oh, jinx. Anyway, the New Jersey Mass Choir was the first gospel choir to appear in a number one pop hit. Mick said that he wanted a choir in the song, and he found them through a bit of serendipity. Turns out they all had the same lawyer. So <laughs> Strange bedfellows indeed. And uh, no, the New Jersey Mass Choir is not bitter about it. They recorded their own version of this song, which sounds exactly like Foreigner's version, so much so that I'll play only 10 seconds for you right now. Gotta take a little time A little time to think things over I better read between the lines In case I need it when I'm See, I told you. Nearly exactly the same. Wow. Uncanny. So. Okay. The rolling shutdown has hit. It's now time for Brad to take over. Okay. Our next track is a song from our good buddy from the 2018 voyage of the 80s cruise. It's Billy Ocean with Loverboy. Can't stand the thought of you with somebody else. Gotta have your love. Lover, 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 lover,
Steve, I saw this on the list and I thought, do I remember this song? I don't know if I remember this song. And I listened to it. I'm like, of course I remember this song. Uh, this is the second single from his 1984 album, Suddenly. Some limited success in the 70s. Did you know I found out today that he recorded that as European Queen for the European release of the album? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, I found that hilarious. <laughs> uh, we saw Billy Ocean on the 80s cruise in 2018. What Do, do you remember his set, Steve? Do, I was sick as it? a dog in my room. Um, oh, no. No, as is tradition on, on every cruise, one of us gets sick for one day. It's been me twice, for sure. I know happen. it's been you at least once. Katie was sick the first year. Does that count? Yes. Okay. So I watched it like in a feverish state on my bed. Cause we, okay. The cabins had live feed from the stage. Yeah, which was nice. Yeah, so I could see it. It just didn't sound as good because it didn't have the professional mixing. But he, right. I, I heard he was amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I give Billy Ocean the Pleasant Surprise Award for the 2018 cruise. I was, you know, there's always somebody, there's, there's, on each of the cruises, at least for me, there's been someone that I'm like, oh, cool, they're on the cruise, interesting, no strong feelings one way or the other, you know? And then you go and see them, and you're like, holy crap, he sounded great. He was having a super fun time up there, or he's a really good actor, don't care, doesn't matter. He had his daughter singing with him and back as one of the backup singers. It was great. And he he hit it. I say this all the time, he hit his spots. Like, that's just the bare minimum. But he just performed he brought it and the whole place was into it yeah he plays epcot center in disney world every year okay. oh yeah he'd be a good fit for that for the food and wine and 80s yeah. music festival like they put on like a 50 minute set like four times a day oh yeah that's perfect let's talk about the video steve <laughs> oh, God. i buried the lead here do you this... remember this video no okay let me let me let me explain something i Ten minutes before the podcast started, I I was thinking about, do I know all the songs from this week? Because I'm like, I know Brad mentioned something that I'm not quite sure what it was. And I'm like, it's Loverboy. So I think, well, I've got ten minutes. I'll I'll call up the video on YouTube. And I am so glad I did. It is is straight out of Star Wars Moss Eisley Cantina. It is – it is amazing. It is amazing. So let me just walk you through this. So what's the song about? Who cares? It's about being a lover boy, right? The video opens. There's a hooded lizard man riding a horse down the beach. It's like some kind of you know, Planet of the Apes kind of thing, all these Planet of the Lizards. He comes to a cave opening that for some reason is littered with dryer vents. He hops off his horse. He goes into the cave. It's not a cave. It's a bar full of aliens. Sure. Why not? And they even got a bar bot making drinks, which I'm like, where do I get one of those? That sounds amazing. Billy Ocean this whole time seems to be trapped in the phantom zone because it keeps like doing this mirror spinning triangle thing and he's in there singing. Like, you know, him and General Zod are trapped and he's yeah, trying to yeah. sing his way out. Guilty. Uh, and then there's a laser fight with the sound effects are in the song, which is great. And the lizard man then drags some female extraterrestrial out of the place. I'm not sure if she's happy to be with him or not. But then at the end, when they get out to the mouth of the cave, the horse is still there and she hops on the horse with them and they ride off down the beach. Yeah. Sure. That's... Why not? I literally, I, I ty- here's what I typed in the notes after I finished watching it. What the f- did I just see? <laughs> The only answer here, folks, is it was a different time, kids. Oh, it so was a different though. time. I mean, I, I wish I had time to watch it like five more times before. <laughs> you got to see this. You got to see this 80s nation. You got to yeah. check it out. It is something else. So what what song kept it out of the number one spot? Well, you know, Steve, I've talked a lot about this band on the podcast, and I get to talk about it just a little bit more. It's kept out of number one by Careless Whisper by Wayne. Well, at least it's not Madonna, so I don't have to get... Easy. Easy. Careless Whisper. Three weeks at number one. 17 weeks in the top 40. 
But let's let's talk about what everyone really wants to know here. The sax solo. This song is all about the sax solo. No sax solo, no hit. Let's face it. Apparently, they were having a tough time getting a recording that George Michael liked. And finally, the engineer and the saxophonist recorded it with the tape running at half speed and then played it back at full speed. Kind of like you undercrank a camera so it looks like the car chases are going really fast. Oh, nice. And that was the answer, apparently. I don't know if the sax player, like, took it down a few notches so that it then sped up it was in the key he wanted or how they did that part of it. But that's cool. Most Wham! songs were written by George Michael alone, but Andrew Ridgely got a writer credit on this one, which means he's gotten a little extra cashola for the rest of his life as a result. Basically, he's got that one. Yeah, no kidding. You may think, my friend, that you have the market on sax solos cornered. No, I would not dream for such riches. Brad is all about the orange juice, yes. (laughs) Sax solos, no. Brad is all about the sax. Uh, my next pick, my last pick, and then I can I can pretty much kick my feet up for the rest of the podcast. Sit easy, traveler. <laughs> uh, this brilliant one by Glenn Fry. Now that's some sax, my friend. Sax and violence. Mm. Mm. Love it. The Heat is On was written by Harold Faltermeyer and Keith Forsey and recorded by Glenn Fry for the American soundtrack to Beverly Hills Cop. And for some reason in my head, I always think of this as being a song from the sequel. It's funny you would say that. I was about to make the same observation. I was like, I was pretty sure this is from BHC2, but that's... Uh, Take down, yeah. Break down, you're busted. It's just, which it's is a great in, song too. It's just buried in my head that this is from the sequel. Like I, w- I would put money down on it, but um, I'll remember that. <laughs> I, I don't bet on much, but I, I would have bet on this. And I would have lost big. According to Glenn Fry, this was during the one of the hiatuses. Is that a word? Hi, hi, at. Oh, hey, sure. He was invited to an early screening of Beverly Hills Cop. Just to see, you know, if you wanted to pay attention to it. And I guess a lot of the other acts that contributed music were also at that same screening. And about two months later, they sent him a song written by Forsey and Faltermeyer. He agreed to sing it. He did the vocal part in one day. The following day, he played the guitar. And the next day, they paid him $15,000. And that's, that's the way it goes. It's good work if you can get it, my friends. Yeah, I know. The music video is pretty typical for any... Uh, song from a soundtrack. It's it's basically the band performing while uh, they play clips from the movie and stuff like that. It's nice. It's like an nothing, extended trailer. Nothing to be excited about. The saxophone part was played by David Woodford, best known for his work with Aerosmith, but he also played on songs by uh, Chris Isaac, Rod Stewart, and Aaron Neville. And um, you would just think like there's just not a there's not a universe where this isn't a top song. That I mean, I, I get that Loverboy, like, let, let's face it, Loverboy is, is probably not one of Billy Ocean's top five best songs or best known songs. It's a fine no. song, but I mean, yeah. I'm surprised it got as high as number two. But The Heat Is On, I mean, how does that stay out of the top? Well, it stays out of the top when you're dealing with a song from Ario's Speedwagon. Oh, Speedwagon. Can't Fight This Feeling from the album Wheels Are Turning. Reached number one, held the top spot for three weeks in March of 1985. Turns out that the band was having uh, trouble coming up with songs for the album because they, it, you know, obviously had had a serious amount of success in the 80s up to this point. Yeah, they've been cranking them out. So they all took time off. They all went their own ways. Kevin Cronin, the lead singer who has been on this podcast before, he was a great guest it was a long, long time ago. Went to Hawaii to write his song, and he described it as thus. 
Quote, really, what the song is about was my inability to have the courage to express myself. At that time, the only way I knew to express those feelings was to write songs about them. I've learned over the years that it works better to talk to people, unquote. Wait, what? Are these the guys that had the video with the Fiat and the magic mirror where he could see his old girlfriend and stuff? That's ridiculous. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't know. He's, yeah, I don't know. Poor Kevin Cronin. Anyway, it was a huge song. Obviously, a chart topper. If you ever have seen them in concert, I've, I've seen them like, I don't know, three times now. Before they play this song, they have a special introduction where they kind of set the stage. I do declare <laughs> you can still rock in America. And this is the secret to my success. For some reason, we still give Jack Blades a southern accent. And, and the voice keeps getting higher and higher. higher. So they, they used to have a special intro, a video intro, where they showed REO Speedwagon taking the stage at Live Aid in 1985. They played the song at Live Aid. They were introduced by Chevy Chase. But they had this really nice, like, spine-tingling intro for it, you know. REO Speedwagon is now taking the stage to perform their number one song. And then it's like, you know. <laughs> in case you weren't anyway. sure what was going on, <laughs> you had you're to about it. to see some serious shit. I still love REO Speedwagon. I really wish they would um, tour more or at least come down to Florida more. You know, it would be nice if those guys would get together and maybe record some new material. I'd be interested to see what they came out with right now. They, they did about 10 years ago when I last saw them, and it was a good album. Yeah. But, but um, you know, the world's not waiting around with bated breath for another REO Speedwagon album, and that's okay. I, yeah, I mean, so take your time, boys. Just play the old stuff. Just come around more often. Okay, so we're okay, down to Steve. our fifth song. What is it going to be, Brad? You ready for this, Steve? As long as it's Sorry, Steve. That's Material Girl, my Madonna. It's, 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 it's lovely. I can hear you smiling all the way across oh, the North American continent, Steve. It burns. Because it burns. I know we're talking about Madonna, but we're talking about how she didn't make it to number one with this song. Oh, so I'm happy then. You should be, yeah. So this is number two for two weeks in March, and this is the second single from her Like a Virgin album. I think it's safe to say that along with that title track, this song established Madonna as a 80s icon. After her first album, which was popular, I mean, she was she was getting some attention, but Material Girl, that's pretty much all she was known as in the press for the next several decades. I know. It's, like, it's shocking to me that this was only at number two. Right. I mean, and what do you not already know about this song? I, there's almost nothing I can offer you, but offer I shall do. I think the song portrays, Steve, what could be kindly described as a pragmatic view towards having nice things. However, I think it would be better if we all just called it what it is and said, this is a gold digger song. Having said that, let's get to the video. Do you remember this video, Steve? Yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of sexy. I mean, is that, yeah. is that, am I wrong to say that? No, no, she is. She is. Uh, and, you know, she spends the, this is another one of those video in the video. Uh, she spends the video within the video recreating the look and feel of Marilyn Monroe's performance of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend from the 1953 film Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which reinforces the Gold Digger storyline. But, as they say when you go to the movies sometimes, stay through the credits. At the end of the video, who's she leave with? Some schlep in an old crappy pickup truck. Huh. I believe that, my friend, is irony. Yes, yes I do. Alanis Morissette, take note, that's irony, an unexpected so, outcome. So maybe you don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Was was this about the same time that she was dating Sean Penn? It's funny you would say that, Steve. Madonna met Sean Penn for the first time on the set of this video. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is going to sound very Ferris Bueller, uh, he's sick, but her future husband's former assistant was working on the shoot, and he stopped by, so in the weird roundabout sort of way this video is responsible for shanghai surprise and madonna's 1987 razzie win for worst actress 
Can I say I'm all behind that award I, for Madonna I, without getting buzzed? I think that's okay. I think you're supporting a, a winning effort. That's okay. In 2002, Madonna had this to say about the song. Quote, I can't completely disdain the song and the video because they certainly were important to my career. But talk about the media hanging on a phrase and misinterpreting the damn thing as well. I didn't write that song, you know, and the video was about how the girl rejected diamonds and money. But God forbid irony should be understood. So when I'm 90, I'll still be the material girl. I guess it's not so bad. Lana Turner was the sweater girl until the day she died. Well, that's nice. I like the fact that she has some perspective on it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Obviously, if you're banking on the American public, well, any public, interpreting irony correctly, you're yeah. for a tough time. No, we don't, we, don't, we don't have irony here. <laughs> we don't, we're all out. Not anymore. Just not sarcasm. In 20, not in 2021. Okay, so this was not a number one song. What the hell was? Okay. Well, it took two songs to keep Madonna down. The first one is our old friend, REO Speedwagon. talked a little bit about where the song came from let's talk a little bit about the lyrics this is a classic tale of a guy trying to fight his way out of the friend zone do you think he's successful uh, i i don't i don't know um i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so and i have some questions for the lyricist okay. i want to know what kind of ship he is bringing into shore if it has oars rowboat uh, a row my, that's not a ship that's a boat in my limited experience with watercraft outside of slave galleys not a lot of ships have oars. Viking ships. Okay, well, you got me there. You're going to ask stupid questions. I'm going to give stupid answers. Okay, that's fine. You know what? That's actually a, that's a good answer. I stand corrected. Uh, obviously, the singer is a Viking, and he should be buried at sea with his oars. The second song that kept us out, we're coming back to someone else we talked about earlier on this podcast. It's One More Night by Phil Collins. I know they'll Collins was the master of the sad song. He really kind of was. Have you heard? There's a great, I, I kind of hate to direct traffic to other podcasts, but there's a great episode of This American Life where this woman interviews Phil Collins about writing sad songs. And it's a really good interview. I'll have to find the, I'll find the clip and put the link in the show notes. So this was number one for two weeks. And, you know, all these sad sacks at the top of the charts, I'm telling you. Was it that bad in 1985? Uh, see, that would have been our the year we graduated That's, high school. It would yeah, have been so the year is, we started college. Yeah, so this is spring of our senior year. We were I, completely checked out. Senioritis had its in its No, no. Its I mean, yeah, my, the end of high school for me was morose. I, oh, well, then this is right up your alley. Yeah, You're I, the reason these songs are top yeah, of the charts. I, mean, I, I broke up with a girlfriend right Sometime that spring. Did you Brad Hamilton it? Well, what do you mean? Did I get caught in the bathroom or something? No. No, no, no. Did you you have the speech prepared that, you know, I need my freedom. And then she broke up with you before you had a chance to. No, I mean, I had, no, I I don't remember what the circumstances were, but I remember I couldn't get a date to prom. I mean, no, no, nobody wanted to go with me. And you're poison. I ended up taking a Swedish exchange student from another school. So that was kind of legendary. But at the same point, and it wasn't romantic. It was a hollow victory. And then when graduation, I think I told the story in the podcast. And you, you did not go to the graduation party. Yes. I yeah. I didn't that. go to the graduation party because everyone I knew who hated me was there. And so I basically drove around for two hours listening to sad mopey songs. And oh my gosh, yeah. Steve, that's just, that tells me so much about you. I got, I got home and I remember my parents saying, Oh, you're home early. You know, how was the party? I'm like, Oh, it was fine. You know, I just, I'm a little tired. I'm tired. I just want to come home. I think I just went to bed like at nine o'clock. And which anyone who knows me these days, I almost always in bed by nine o'clock. And if there's any luck, I'll, I'll, this podcast will be over by nine o'clock, and I'll go to bed. But uh, I'll talk faster. Anyway, 
This was Phil's second number one song in the U.S., Against All Odds being the first. Talk about stuff you probably listened to while you drove around that yeah, night. It's my theme song. And, and what toppled this song from the top of the charts, Steve? This is the summer, right? Spring of 85. Probably that goofy USA for Africa song. You are correct. Uh-huh. USA for Africa, We Are the World. Okay. I don't mean that in a negative way. That's okay. It's <laughs> not a it's I mean it's not a great I'm song just saying, but it's, it's it's no it's no do they know it's Christmas time. That's that's what oh, I'm saying. God, that song is awful. You you are brain damaged. <laughs> well that song yeah. that song is a gift to humanity. Uh, mm, I'm not sure well, I agree I, with you there, sir. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with you about irony. I know what I do agree we need to get to next. The Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain of listener mailbag. We've got two letters this week, and thank you very much for that because it's been kind of slow. I mean, every every day, three times a day, I check my SIT 80s email, and one time I didn't the get moths mail for three fly out weeks. Of the box. Three weeks one time, but that turns out to be a technical snafu that Brad had to fix. But yeah, the internet it's it's not for the faint of heart. It is a fickle friend, and that's true. So, letter number one comes from Tom Principal Strickland. And uh, as promised, Brad's going to read this while I sit back and gaze at the stars. I might have assigned Tom that nickname just out of my sheer love of Back to the Future, but that's between me and oh, Tom. Oh, I didn't get that. Nice. Nicely yeah. done. Tom writes, Hello, Stuck in the 80s. I just wanted to thank you for the 80s cruise tip. I just started listening to you all after seeing your name on the 80s cruise website. The wife and I are looking forward to the 2022 80s cruise. This will be my first cruise on something that is not hazy gray and underway with a number on the bow. After 20 years in the Navy and sea trials on new carriers, I wasn't too excited about going out to sea on anything. I was always worried I would get a knock on the door at midnight, someone telling me I had the next watch. Anyway, I contacted the 80s cruise, and even though I didn't use your stuck code when I first signed up, they still awarded us the $200 cruise bucks after a nice email. Take care, and shouldn't you be in homeroom, Mr. Spears? Tom, Principal Strickland. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, remember that if you were going to join us on the cruise, if, you, if you're if you a first-time cruiser, it only works for first-time cruisers, uh, if you use the promo code STUCK when you book, you'll get $200 cabin credit, So, which you can use on, on massages. Or what you else? You could take Steve and I to a nice steak dinner. Yeah. It works at all the specialty restaurants. That, that would be nice. I, Oh. Okay, letter number two is um, not about a specific podcast. That's good. It's, it's always I always hate to have to, to provide the context, but this one's from Jenny Jenny. Thank you for setting the stage, Steve. I appreciate that. Jenny Jenny writes, I am so glad I found you guys. I'm an 80s addict and some late 70s that bled into the 80s. Yeah, we get you, Jenny. We're right there with you. And I just feel like I found my nostalgic home base. My hubby just didn't get exposed to the pop culture and all that is associated with it, so that is one area of my marriage that we just don't connect on. Now that void has finally been filled. I can listen to you while I work, get my nostalgia fix, and then head on home and feel more fulfilled. You may have saved my marriage. Wow. Hmm. I'm starting all the way back to early episodes, but I can already tell you I love the two of you doing this way better than the early years. Thanks for doing this, Jenny Jenny. Oh, Jenny, Jenny, you're the best. <laughs> it's hard to go back and listen to the first, I don't know, couple years. It's a different kind of era of the show. It's, I don't want to say it's better or worse. It's just different. It is different. It's, it's evolved over the years. I mean, I was a listener. I enjoy those episodes, too. Okay. I, I know there's some that you couldn't pay me to listen to again. Well, and as for uh, our new marriage counseling services, just send eight ninety nine in a self addressed stamped envelope to Spearsy at eighties marriage dot com, and we'll get you on the new program. I do have to say though, it, it is nice to have a partner who's into the same pop culture. I mean, that future wife, you know, I met on the eighties cruise, and instant karma. <laughs> it's, I mean, when we disagree about something eighties wise, it's something. She's more R and B. And I'm more new wave. Wow, I just I just had a flashback to the Donnie and Marie show. I'm a little bit R and B and I'm a little bit new wave. 
that that's pretty much the extent. And then there's probably a handful of movies too that she hasn't seen. I don't think she's seen Fast Times at Richmond High yet. Like stuff from the early '80s that was adult. What? what? She would she would have been way too young. Oh, oh right, and that's not not on like TV every ten minutes. Someplace. I'm still telling I mean, you. I'll ex- I'll excuse it. I'm just surprised. I'm just that's, saying. It doesn't I, bother I still, me. I still maintain if you didn't see the movie at least. Somewhere in the vicinity of the of that time period, some of these movies just don't work, you know. Well, I mean, it's that specific movie is not built the way movies are today. Right, it's vignettes more than it is an actual. I mean, there is some through line, but yeah, yeah. not that it's an eighties movie, but it's like early nineties, I think. But she borrowed my DVD of Rudy before she went back to New York last time. Yeah, and she watched it sometime in the last week. <laughs> She wanted a movie that was like a feel-good movie. I'm like, you're going to cry a couple times. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not. I don't even care about football. And her voice isn't like, that high either. It's not about the football, darling. It's not about the football. But yeah, she said she cried twice. She cried when um, when the team comes in and hands in their jerseys so Rudy has one to wear. And then and then at the end when they, they lift them on their shoulders and carry them off the field. Oh, Never yeah. seen it. Spoiler. Never right. seen it. you never seen it? Nope. You don't like football. We we talked about this earlier today. Um, I stopped watching it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into the psychological issues that caused that to happen. It's not a long story, but it doesn't have any place on this podcast. It, this is a finite. We have a finite amount of disk space left. It's true. It's, it's true. only a matter of time till our Zoom connection breaks. Uh, anyway, we love your letters. Send them to podcast at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for <laughs> for something. something anything, please. Anything. Oh, mystery movie moment. It's been a while since we've done it, so I had to sit there and think about it for a second. We will play a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the post-friendly bottle opener. Ooh, Ooh, I felt good. Done with authority. Ooh, just like, I feel like my diaphragm really like, you know, mm. I don't know what that means. I'm rubbing it though, like you can actually rub your diaphragm. Like, oh, I'm yeah. terrified right now. I, I'm blinking twice. Eighties <laughs> Nation. I'm working Please out. Call okay. nine and one and then one. Working out these cramps. <laughs> get the oil, Brad. Get over here. Not again, Spearsy. Uh, anyway, pay attention. Here was the clip from the last time we did this seggy. Nobody, not even the rain, has such small hands. Ah, that's Hannah and her sisters. Love it. I know people have their thoughts about Woody Allen movies, and all I can say is keep them to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Write those down in a nice email, and then just go ahead and delete it. Uh, um, anyway, we had some winners. Uh, Brad, help us out. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought we might get a few more, but maybe just as the holiday season, and people were like, I'm not getting on my computer just to email these two jokers, a movie they already know. But winners this week include... Brock in North Dakota, Chase in Ecuador, Kevin serving Wench, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Stony Stitt, Kevin M, and Mike from the Sloats. I'm impressed. I don't. I don't know if I've ever said this before, which I may have said like five times in this podcast already. I'm impressed. Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana has a very, very strong knowledge of '80s pop culture. For yeah, he's on it. He, I mean, there's. Rarely ever does he not get one of these right. So, ah, there I said it. I feel better. Excellent. Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Why don't you quit so we can get us a real coach? If you know it, email us at. Ooh, I feel like I'm. I've kind of hit my stride now. The diaphragm thing's worked out. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> right is it. Uh, podcast at SITs.com and tune in soon to find out if you are a winner. That seems sort of anticlimactic, but well, you know, okay. had to get there. Uh, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune, the original Seggy. Kind of like it's the, is it the, it's the OG? Is that what the kids it's say? It's the today? OG, original <laughs> gangster. Yeah. God, I can't stand that. Oh. This chair seat's starting to bother me now. Every, every, literally everything is breaking underneath me. It's not the diaphragm that hurts right now, Brad. <laughs> anyway, yikes! <laughs> this is this is radio at its finest. I don't I don't know why we're not just being showered with awards and riches. 
<laughs> it's hard to it's hard to figure out, isn't it? I don't get Is it. He talking about his. B- <laughs> anyway, I, I I don't mean to be crass. I I I'm my they're fine. My my diaphragm is fine. My butt is a little sore from sitting here for an hour, and and it has been an hour. Here's the clip from last time. That's through the barricades by Spando Ballet. Mother doesn't know where love is going. Says it must be youth that keeps us feeling strong. I see her face that's turned to ice. And when she smiles, she shows the lines of sacrifice. And now I know what they're saying as our sun begins to fade. And we made our love on wasteland And through the barricades Tony Hadley did an amazing version of this on the 80s cruise, by the way. He really did. And, you know, I know we've said this before. Nicest guy ever. Just the nicest guy. And still got it. Yeah. You know, he still got it. And he even said when he introduced the song, this is is his favorite. It's Mando Ballet song that he still does. So, good to know. Um, Yeah. We had some winners. In fact, one that I've never heard of before, I don't think. <laughs> winners this week include Berniferous. That's the one. Not, not Berninate, because that would be something else. Berniferous, JR, Terry Down Under, Lou, Sweet Lou, Greeley, and Martin the Irish Evertonian. That might be new too, isn't it? No, he's been around. I've I've conversed with Martin via email. Berniferous is kind of how my... Uh, well, let's, let's just let that one go. <laughs> Uh, why don't you uh, spin the wheel? Let's find out who gets the postal-friendly bottle opener. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Looks like it's going to come down to Mike from the Sloats. You're the winner. Uh, send us your postal address, and we'll send you the bottle opener. Either that or I'll just address it to Mike at Sloats and throw it in the mailbox and see what happens. Yeah, that should work. In the meantime, here is this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at podcast at SATs.com and tune in soon, probably two weeks, three at the most, and find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. I used to be frightened by all the wine coolers I saw. I was scared I wouldn't pick the right one. Luckily, I did. It was the most refreshing one of them all, Sun Country Wine Cooler. You see, Sun Country is a blend of premium white wine and real fruit juice. That's what gives it its great taste. Sun Country, say, give me the real juice cooler. If you don't say Sun Country, you'd better sleep with your lights on. We're back. We have just a few minutes left. It is time for us to to extend a a reef and a hearty handshake to our Patreon supporters, our brand new ones. Yeah, we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our new supporters on Patreon, Kelly Enriquez and Paul Minkler. Nice. Thank you so much for helping cover the expenses. We do have expenses to produce and host the show, and uh, the support of all of our patrons, it just means the world to us. It does. So do these songs from 1985. So... Please check them out. I mean, and if you don't go and find the video for Lover Boy by Billy Ocean. Demerit. I'm going to give you a demerit. What's a demerit? Demerit, demerit. Well, what for? Because you're ugly. Let, let me just say that you will learn what Boniface means. We'll be back soon with part two and more exciting video discussions. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> in the meantime, though, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening. If you know it, email us at podcast at SITDs.com and tune in when... Ah, if you know it,
I got to start working on the outtake reel for 2021. Preloaded. <laughs>